What does Christ's exaltation consist? Answer, Christ's exaltation consists in his rising again from the dead on the third day, in ascending into heaven, in sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and in coming to judge the world at the last day. All the ways that Christ is exalted. Exaltation means being raised up from a low position to a high one. And this Christ received as a reward for his obedience in our place. It is the state in which our Savior is now, hence, the present tense, consists. Right? He is exalted. The ascension meant the end of Christ's personal presence until he returns at the last day. The right hand of the Father means the position or authority. Right? All authority is his. Matthew 28, 18, he says. This has been given to Christ by the Father. Okay? Christ is exalted. Okay, so now the next section of questions we're going to look at. God's effective call. Questions 29 through 31. Effective, I just kind of put some synonyms there. Successful, powerful, fruitful, it accomplishes, right? God's effective call. All right, well, let's look at that. We're just going to look at two of the questions today. Questions 29. How are we made to share in the redemption purchased by Christ? Answer. We are made to share in the redemption purchased by Christ by the effective application of it to us by his Holy Spirit. Okay, and the verse that applies to that, Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. Right? But after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Okay? So Christ has purchased redemption for us, right? But it is the Holy Spirit who actually puts us in possession of it. So this next question helps to explain that. Okay? Question 30. How does the Spirit apply to us the redemption purchased by Christ? Answer. The Spirit applies to us the redemption purchased by Christ by producing faith in us and by this uniting us to Christ in our effective calling. Okay? So let's look at those verses. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Right? Christ is producing faith in us. Right? By his word. Okay? 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Right? Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Philippians 1.29 For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Okay? So the Holy Spirit produces faith in us, and this unites us to Christ so that we live like Jesus. Right? This is our effective calling, living like Jesus, that the Holy Spirit produces in us. Okay? John 15, 5. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. That's what you're always quoting, right, Arnold? That's it. United to Christ, by faith, worked in us by his Holy Spirit, using the word of God, right? All about God, from God to us. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? This is that union. Right? This is our effective calling, to be united with Christ. And Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Right? Right? The faith produces the love. The faith in Jesus. Okay? So, just a foot... First, I'll, I'll read the two questions again, then we'll look at that last footnote. Question 29. How are we made to share in the redemption purchased by Christ? Answer. We are made to share in the redemption purchased by Christ by the effective application of it to us by His Holy Spirit. Okay? And how does he do that? How, question 30. How does the Spirit apply to us the redemption purchased by Christ? Answer. The Spirit applies to us the redemption purchased by Christ by producing faith in us and by this uniting us to Christ in our effective calling. So the last footnote there, way at the bottom. Faith in Christ means trust in Christ and brings about union, union with him. Okay? I think that's so profound, so simple, but profound. 
faith in Christ means trust in Christ. Okay, and this means all the time, right? And brings about union with him. The faith by which we commit ourselves to Christ is the result of the work of God's Spirit in our hearts. So thank you, Lord, once again for teaching us by your word. Lord, we pray that we would not quench the Spirit's work in us. That we would turn to you, Lord, and by faith receive you, trust you, obey you. Obey your word, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so I think this that teaching there fits good with our passage for today that we'll look at now in Matthew chapter 15. Going through the book of Matthew, we're on verses 10 through 20 today, Matthew chapter 15. You guys got a Bible? Okay, Matthew chapter 15 we're on today. We're going to look at verses 10 through 20. You find it, Maurice? All right. Cecil, what page? Can you tell Cecil? What page? Huh? Cecil, got that? Claire can help you. Alright, we're going to look at verse 10 starting. Lord God, give us, Lord, again, we pray, faith in your word spoken to us, Lord. These are God's words that we're about to read spoken to us. Um, help us, Lord, not to lean on our own understanding, but to have faith in your word, to trust it, to receive it, to be submitted to it, Lord. May you guide us through your word by your Holy Spirit, just like you taught us that your Holy Spirit would guide us. We need your Holy Spirit to fill us, Lord, at this time and all the times uh, that it would guide us unto you. That's the job, right? So we pray that, Lord, that your effective call on our lives, um, um, we wouldn't try to work that, Lord, but that we would turn to you in faith trusting you to do it, that we'd be submitted to your teaching of us. Pray for that right now, specifically during this time through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. So, Matthew chapter 15, verse 10. And he called the multitude, Jesus did, and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? 
Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught, is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. All right. So today's passage starts off, we were talking about this in the catechism, right? The authority of Jesus, verse 10, right? And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. All right? Jesus is commanding the crowd, listen to me, understand me, right? This is not a suggestion, right? This is a command from God to us, okay? How seriously are we taking Jesus? I think this is always a question we need to be asking. He has all authority. He's commanding, hear, listen to me. So, now the teaching of our Lord, verse 11. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Okay? What is it that defiles us, right? Makes us unclean, sinners against God. What breaks us from having a right relationship with God. Jesus here is teaching us that what comes out of our mouths is what defiles us and so ruins our relationship with God and thus with other people. Okay? But the long and devoutly developed tradition of the people of God protected and passed on by the serious Bible teachers of the time was that the food and dietary laws of the Old Testament clearly taught on the contrary. That also what goes down into the mouth defiles. What else can the biblical food laws mean? Right? So the Old Testament, God's law did teach, right, don't eat certain foods that are considered to be unclean, okay? So it seems here in today's Matthew passage that Jesus is radically revising a, a whole segment of God's Old Testament scripture. Let's take a look at this same passage in the book of Mark, chapter 7. This same passage, it just has a little extra there that helps us to understand this better. The book of Mark, chapter 7, and verses 18 and 19. Okay, Mark, chapter 7, verse 18. Again, Jesus said unto them, Are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? 
because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goes out into the draught. It's eliminated, right? It goes into the sewer, right? Purging all meats, or translated, purifying all foods. Okay? So that's the little bit extra that's not in our Matthew passage. Jesus is saying here that God declares all foods clean. Purifying all foods. Okay? Declares all food clean. What goes into a person's mouth doesn't defile him. Okay? Because it doesn't go into his heart. So this story is really about our heart condition. Right? The real question is, what is a person's heart? Is it for God? If we don't have a heart for God, this defiles us. Okay, What God wants from us is that our hearts are for Him. That our desire is towards Him. This is the underlying intent of the whole Old Testament law of God. In the Old Testament, God declared certain foods unclean to eat. But what defiled the person wasn't the particular food. It, wasn't, it was that they didn't have a heart towards God. This revealed itself in the fact that they disobeyed God and ate the food that he told them not to eat. Does that make sense? When we are speaking and acting sin, right, this reveals that our heart isn't towards God. Okay? All authority belongs to God for our good and His glory. We need to listen to Him and obey Him. He knows infinitely better than we do. This is what Jesus is saying in verse 10 of Matthew chapter 15. Right? Listen to me. Understand me. Right? He has all authority. The Bible is his word. He will interpret its meaning for us. Okay? The serious Bible believers in this passage were offended by Jesus declaring that all foods were clean. Okay? That he was here to interpret the Bible for them. Okay? Verse 12. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? Okay? The word of God has been and always will be the authority in the church. Okay? And Jesus is making it clear here that it is his word. Right? He has all authority. He is the one that will interpret the Bible for us. He has the final say in Scripture, and so likewise, Jesus has the final say in the church. This is why it's so important that the authority structure in the church is submitted to Jesus and his word, right? The authority structure in the church is put there by God, not by us. And how we treat that God-ordained authority reflects our view of Jesus' authority, right? Nothing that goes into a person's mouth makes a person unclean or affects a person's relationship with God. 
What makes a person unclean or affects a person's relationship with God is a heart that isn't towards and submissive to the Word of God, our Lord and Savior Jesus. What is the power of God that can cleanse on all people, right? The entire world over all time, right? Only the blood of Jesus, right? The forgiveness of our sins towards God. The redeeming of God's people to himself. The sacrifice of God the Son to purchase God's people back to himself, right? Saving us from sin and death, separation from God, and reconciling us to himself. Life himself, right? Only by faith, belief, trust in Jesus does this happen. So hear him, right? Listen to him and understand all that he has to say. Verse 11. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Okay? So one common topic, right, in the world is pollution. Right? People are concerned about pollution. Right? Well, the greatest threat of pollution in the world is what comes out of our mouth. Our words. Think about this. This was real revealing to me when I was studying this. Right? In our lives, our words, our words are our main deeds. Okay? Our words are our greatest actions. Our words are the things that affect our lives and the lives of others around us the most. It's our words. And it is our words that God will hold us accountable to. Let's look back in Matthew chapter 12. Verses 36 and 37. This is again the words of our Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. Okay? We live or die by our words. If our words are good, our life and relationships will be good, right? Think about how much of our lives are based on what other people say to us. And think about all the words that we have said to other people that have affected their lives. Okay? And obviously not all of it has been good, right? Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? Right? This is about, this whole passage is about our heart condition. Okay? So, the word of God spoken to us by Jesus, it condemns us all. Right? We're all condemned. Every single person. The words of Jesus ministers God's law to us. Okay? It shows us the depths of our problem. And so it makes us aware of the fact that we need the great physician God to heal us. 
This is part of the good news of the gospel. Right? This, the, the law turns us to God. Jesus' word shows us that we have a heart disease. Right? And praise God, Jesus offers us the cure. Back to Matthew chapter 15. Right? He reveals the disease and then he cures us of it. Okay? Matthew chapter 15, verse 12. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. If the blind lead the blind, both both shall fall into the ditch. Okay? So, these serious Bible believers, right, they were deeply offended, right, because Jesus seemed to be going against not only their sacred ways of doing things, but also Scripture itself, right? He's condemning these men that thought they thought they were righteous, right? But Jesus doesn't back down. Verse 15, then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are you also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goes into the belly and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man? For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defileth a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Okay? So, as Jesus' disciples, right, just like the Apostle Peter here, who asked Jesus to explain this parable, we have access to the Word of God Himself, right? It's staring us right in the face right now. And we're hearing it, right? God Himself put on a human body and came to us to teach us. He came to teach us. We obviously have a lot of questions, right? Jesus has come to us to answer those questions. Right? Life and death questions to give us understanding. Okay? And so here's what he tells us. What comes from the outside into human beings ends up in the sewer. Right? Not in the heart. Okay? But what comes up from the inside and goes to the outside from our heart out into the world. Right? This, Jesus tells us, this is the sewage. Okay? Totally depraved hearts. We should be convicted by this. Okay? But God loves us. He wants to teach us. Jesus wants us to grow closer to Him so that we will love Him, right? Have more of a desire for Him and thus we will love others as He does. Okay, so when the serious Bible believers were condemning Jesus' disciples in last week's passage for not washing their hands before they ate, what they were saying and thus teaching was 
that what makes a person unclean before God comes from outside of themselves. Okay, do you see that? Okay, what they were thus saying and teaching is that what makes a person unclean before God comes from outside of themselves. Okay, does that make sense, right? But Jesus here is correcting them and us, right? What makes a person unclean before God is what comes from within ourselves, not from the outside. Okay? Verse 18, right? But those things which proceedeth out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defileth the man. Okay? We must be changed in the heart by God and towards God. Right? Faith in God, right? By God and towards God. This only happens by faith. We take our eyes off of ourselves and our hand washing or whatever it else it might be and we put our eyes on Jesus. We stop believing in what we want to hear, what the world is saying to us, what we ourselves are saying to ourselves. Right? This is why I've been convicted isolation is so bad. All we're hearing is ourselves over and over again, right? Okay, so we stop believing in what we want to hear, and we start believing and trusting and obeying what Jesus has to say to us. Right? This is faith. We live by faith in who Jesus is and what he says. When we have faith in Jesus, all the promises of God belong to us. There is no other qualification. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Right? Faith in Jesus is this amazing. And it's a daily faith, a daily belief, a daily trust. Right? A minute by minute turning to Jesus that makes those promises a reality in our daily lives. Faith can do that. That's the only qualification. We must be changed in the heart by God and towards God. This only happens by faith. We turn from ourselves and we look to Jesus. Before we can love God, people, or ourselves as we should. The only thing that makes that happen is faith. Jesus, what he says. Okay? So verse 19, Matthew chapter 15. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual sin, theft, lying, slander of God and people. Okay? When our hearts aren't turned toward Jesus, the, the result will be these actions. Okay? In order for our outward actions to be godly, we must have a change of heart. This continues to be the case before and after we become Christians, right? Nothing really changes in that. In order for our outward actions to be godly, we must have a change of heart. If there is sin in our lives, it is because we have turned away from Jesus. 
We are not living by faith in Jesus. We are not submitting to the words that he is teaching us. Because whenever there is a focus of faith in Jesus, the fruits of the Spirit will be present. Right? When, because when Jesus is present, the Spirit is present, right? The fruit will be present. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Okay, But when Jesus is not present, right? when we're putting our faith, our focus on something or someone besides him, mostly ourselves, right? then the fruit is bad. Verse 19, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual sin, theft, lying, slander of God and people. Right? We're unclean. This, there's idolatry, right? Contentions between us, jealousies. Selfish ambitions, confusion, division. This is why we confess. Yeah, I need to confess of all that, right? Good fruit requires a good tree. Let's look back in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus taught us this earlier. Matthew chapter 7. A good fruit requires a good tree. Verse 16. The, Lord, the words of our Lord Jesus, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Right? Good fruit requires a good tree, right? What is our faith? What is our faith? Who is it about, right? The good tree, it's got to be. That's the only way the good fruit will happen, right? Bad fruit comes from a bad tree. Good fruit from a good tree. Destructive words and deeds come from a heart that isn't turned to God. Edifying words and deeds come from a heart that is turned to God, right? A heart that has faith, a heart that is focused on Jesus, will result in a heart and therefore actions and words that reflect Jesus. Our effectual calling, united to Jesus, will reflect him. When we are sinning against God and people, it is always because our heart is not turned to Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Okay? That we're always, to some extent, going to be struggling with this. But the call, right? It's like a never-ending turning, right? This is our life. And our last verse today, Matthew chapter 15, verse 20. These are the things which defileth a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Okay? So here again. The final interpretation for the word of God is and always will be the teaching and the commandments of our Lord Jesus. It's his word. He has authority. Okay? Jesus is reminding us through these serious Bible believers of his time, that it is our actions, our words, that reveal the devotion of our hearts. 
what makes us unclean doesn't come from the outside, okay? It comes from the inside. What is on the inside is what affects our relationship with God, okay? Like these religious rulers, right? We can blame it on things on the outside, right? This is what we're good at. Oh, the world is like this or like that, or this person did this to me, or this person did that to me, right? No, the evil comes from within ourselves, okay? Maybe someone did sin against us. That's true. That happens all the time. That's legitimate. God will hold them accountable to their heart and to their words. But how is it that we respond to them, right? What are our words or our actions towards them? God, Jesus, is going to hold each one of us accountable to our words, which reveals our hearts. All right? Mm -hmm. So when we're not edifying, right, we got to look at our own hearts, the source, right? Mm -hmm. A heart that is not devoted to Jesus will produce words and deeds that do not honor God and people. But a heart that is devoted to Jesus will produce words and deeds that honor God and people. Okay? And this only happens by faith. God is calling us to live by faith. So this means putting our trust in the Lord Jesus and his spoken word to us. Living by faith, that's what it is. Let's pray.